Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Getting Glutened, and this is Colleen. I'm your host. Today I have a, you know, I feel like I always say a very special guest because they're all special. They really are. Um, I should come up with something else to say, though. But this is one of my closest friends from college. She is a dear, dear friend. We met at this ice cream social during orientation. She came to orientation a couple of days late. And we kind of had this preconceived notion in our head of what this girl might be like because we heard that the reason why she was coming late is she was her county's fair queen and she had to represent her county at the state fair. So we envisioned this beauty queen that was a little bit stuck up, a little snooty, and we were just so pleasantly surprised. Chelsea is everything but that. She is just a wonderful, loyal friend who is so kind, so giving, so intelligent. I could go on and on and on, so I will. But (laughs) she is beautiful and strong, and she's always there when you need her, always there for a laugh and a good time. She loves a good dance party, too. Um, And she and I had a blast. She actually came down to Grenada to visit me when I was in school there. We have just had, you know, so many good memories together. So I'm so excited to record an episode with her and get to share that with you with my dear friend, Miss Chelsea Fields. Hello, Miss Chelsea Fields. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Colleen? I am doing wonderful. It's great to see your face. I wish you could see mine, but you know, I'm not very good at technology. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So you are talking to us from where today? I am coming to you from my lovely living room in my new-ish condo that we bought during COVID times. Ah, Congrats. It's beautiful outside. So Indianapolis, it's a great day. Yay. That's so wonderful. So I know we're talking all about the sunshine, but what we're going to talk about instead is a situation that was shitty that you turned into sunshine. So do you have one of those to talk about? I do. So I feel like I have a couple that I can honestly <laughs> talk about, which don't, don't we all? all. Like, <laughs> right. Life's full of crap. Uh, but I'm going to talk today a little bit about me not getting into med school and kind of what happened from there. Yeah, that sounds good. So to set the scene, was this, I'm trying to remember if it all kind of started junior year or senior year with the application process. Yeah, it was, it would have started at the end of junior year mostly and so you had majored in biology you had taken all the prereqs for medical school you know getting ready to take the MCAT kind of tell us Mm -hmm. what was happening from there on yeah so I was um studying for the MCAT unfortunately through college like I had to also work a part-time job um to just like help support myself so I didn't get all the prereqs in like as quickly as I probably should have um so I was studying for the MCAT without taking physics too which like do you need physics too for anything I still don't think so (laughs) Um, But apparently you need it for the MCAT. (laughs) So I was studying. Things were going, like, pretty well. I felt pretty confident um, in what was happening. Um, But I took the test, and I didn't do so hot. So it was, like, kind of a really devastating thing for me because I'm always, like, super high achiever, did really well in high school, did well in college, and, like, that was the first time I had, like, my first hint of, like, not being good enough. 
That was the first time, Chelsea. I can tell you, I got F's on lots of things before that point. <laughs> so I think you're doing well, pretty well. Like middle of nowhere, Indiana, yeah. and Sanders are pretty damn low. So. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I'm still smart. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. So how did you kind of deal with that initial situation of being disappointed with how things ended up? Um, I literally laid in my bed and cried. And oh, Chelsea. I know it like so dramatic, but it was like really tough for me because I had like my whole future planned on this ideal and right. it, it definitely felt like that was like totally out of reach for me, which is like really hard. Um, my score wasn't horrible though. So it was still like average and, but I knew like probably applying my grades were average my test score was average I had like a really hard time like thinking that I would actually like get into a program with sure. those scores sure and the future here is that they changed the MCAT format like right after I took my test so oh. if I would retest I'd have to study for a completely different um setup so That's that was kind crazy. of yeah, it was just like a really tough, tough time. So I laid in my bed and cried and two of my best friends um, from high school, they came over and I remember them like sitting in the room and it was like super dark and I was at my mom's house. So like all my college stuff was like ever and I was like, it's fine. I'm not going to do anything with my life. And I was literally just like, talking. but they're really good people. And they're like, can we take you to go get some ice cream? And I was like, I'm not leaving. And they're like, okay, we'll go get ice cream. <laughs> So that at least like made things a little bit better. Yes, that's awesome. So one thing I feel like that I should mention too is when you say your grades were average, we didn't go to just like an easy peasy college. Like it was definitely a rigorous curriculum. It was really hard to keep up. We, yeah. you know, worked hard and played hard, but I think that that's, <laughs> that's important to remember, too, is, you know, it's not like we went to just, like, community college, like, woohoo. So I think that that plays into it, too. But yeah. So where did your journey go after that, after that tough day? Yeah. So after that, I still put in my applications, like hoping and praying that they would be like good enough. Um, like through my personal statement, kind of talked about some things that I had gone through um, previously that influenced like me having to work in college. Um, so I lost my dad to cancer my um, first week into school um which was like really hard but I had to also like support myself throughout that because my mom couldn't couldn't help me in that way so I kind of sure. talked about that experience and explained like why work was so important and I mean I had a good application I had great references um Vanessa Fox was one of them yes. um and I know she said like glowing things because she shared it with me That's so, so sweet. you have I know I did have like a pretty strong um, application. I was super involved, did civic work throughout college. Um, but yeah, I ended up not being good enough and I didn't, didn't get into a single program. Um, so which was like really, really hard. Yeah, I'm sure. But from there, I got offered to apply to, um, it's essentially like a master's in medical science program. It's an accelerated um, course that helps people get into med school. 
Um, and this program is specifically focused on people who have come from like some type of disadvantaged background. So whether that be racially, religiously, um, or socioeconomically. Sure. And so how did that application process compare to the med school application process? Was it still pretty intense? Like, did you have to take more exams? I honestly don't remember. Yeah, no. So I didn't have to take any additional exams. My med school, so I was actually like recommended to apply for this program from IU School of Med. They said, hey, you don't quite cut it, but we think this program would be a really great fit for you given all of the financial information and things that I had to provide like through the application process. Um, So I was like, okay, this is awesome. I only had to complete like a personal statement, maybe just a few additional like pieces of information. Um, So no more tests or anything like that. That's awesome. And so then what happened after you applied? So I got an interview, which was like a really big thing for me because I like went through this like huge thing of like feeling rejected and then being like accepted into that program, like made me feel like my dream was like still possible and still like something that I could do and achieve. Um, So I went to my interview and I was like super excited, but also really nervous um, as you are for like any, any type of interview that you feel like your like whole life is dependent on. Right. Right. Um, And I actually had like a really good time when I first got there. I sat through an info session and some students like shared their experiences and I could definitely like relate to what they were saying. They were talking about how college presented difficulties and I was also a first gen college student and a few of the individuals who were sharing their stories were too. So there was like a ton of similarity I felt like um, between me and the current students and some of them were in the process of reapplying to med school. Some of them had already been accepted. So it was just like a really cool thing to like feel like that was like still possible for me. Yeah. So then I had like a round of interviews. I had to interview, I think, with like three or four different groups of professors or academic advisors um, in the program. And then we did like a tour and things. So first I had my tour. Um, Their anatomy lab was like freaking awesome. And there was literally like a body laying out on the table. So that was like kind of cool. I was like super into it. Right. And then I started going to my interview rooms and my first interview went so well. I met with this woman and this um, male professor. They were both like just so nice. Like I can't explain to you like how nice they were. Um, They were really encouraging. I felt like they understood my experience and like everything was going really well. So on my way, I get into my second interview. This room's like a little bit colder. Um, There are three professors in that room and it definitely kind of just felt like a like firing range with questions. They were just like, not like much communication, but I could tell that they like still understood where I was going and I still felt kind out of there and I felt like the interview like went super well. 
And then I got called into the director of the program's office um, before I went into my third interview. And in that meeting, I was essentially told that, well, first we went over my transcript and talked about my grades. And then we talked about where I was from and the fact that I like had a scholarship, um, which paid my full way in college, which was super awesome and grateful because if I didn't, if I didn't have that, I would not have been at DePaul. And if I hadn't been at DePaul, I wouldn't know you and all of our other friends. And yeah, it was like, it was the best place for me. And I can't imagine being at like a school that would be more like budget friendly for me, but um, definitely wouldn't have provided that same like intimate experience that DePaul did. Um, so he's like, that's a really expensive school. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but I had a full ride, like. Right. I earned my way there and yeah, yeah and I was like I couldn't have paid for it either so I don't like get what you're getting at here so then he like started asking me questions about like my family like socioeconomic status which was obvious the reason I was there I am a white female from Indiana I'm not racially diverse I'm not religiously diverse I don't bring um really much like under representation to the program except for the fact that my family was upper lower classes <laughs> I never wanted for anything in my whole life but I also didn't get to do some of the like super bougie posh things that like I didn't realize people did until I went to DePaul right. so um it was definitely the interview like started going in like a really bad direction and he like kind of hinted that he didn't understand why I was invited into the program. Say what? Yeah. But I specifically qualified based on socioeconomic status and was recommended for this program, which is overseen by IU School of Med. Right. So I didn't really understand like what the problem was. So I just like kept talking to him. I was like trying to kill him with kindness. I was like, you're a fucking dick. Like whatever. <laughs> um, so then I like get out of there and each like student had someone like escorting them like to their interviews because they were kind of all spaced out throughout campus. Um, and it was kind of confusing like where the rooms were because there were other things going on that day. And my, the person that met me there, she'd been taking me like around all day. And I literally just like started crying. <laughs> and oh, I was, I had, I had like four minutes before my next interview started. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, no, she's like, are you okay? And I was like, I don't want to talk about it right now. Like I have another interview to go and do. But then I had like a break and was supposed to do like a one-on-one -on -one tour with her too and learn a little bit more about her story. Um, so I went in and I like killed that next interview because yeah, you did through that director, like whatever, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, and then I finished that met up with my guide again and I just kind of like lost it to her and she's like I'm so sorry that happened to you um she also shared with me that the same thing happened to a male applicant two weeks previously wow and he was from like out of state so he flew in oh from the gosh. west coast 
also classified or qualified for the program because of his like family's financial status. Right. So like plane ticket, probably hotel, like all of those things were expenses. And then I felt like by strategically talking to us in the middle of our interview process, like I felt like he was trying to like throw us off of our game. Right, ambush you. I was super pissed. Like I was so mad and the student was really mad and like sympathetic and empathetic. And she's like this part. So this director is also a professor. And she's like, he literally like intentionally like tries to find ways to like fail people in his class. Like, Oh my gosh. He's just the worst person ever. And I actually had a friend who was at um, IU school of med and I shared this um, director's name with him. And he also had him in a course and was like, yeah, he's seriously like the biggest dick I've ever met in my oh whole my life. Gosh, so what a psycho. I was like, Right. I was like, well, this is like shitty, but at least it's like not me. It's like this guy. Yeah. Um, but it didn't make like the whole experience like feel any better. Right. Um, yeah. Ugh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And I can kind of remember like when you first told me now it's kind of bringing it back. It's just so horrible that you went through that, Chelsea. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I just like, I didn't know how to get into med school. I didn't even know how to work through college. I was a first-generation student, like... Right. You had to figure it all out yourself. You had to figure it out. And it was great and fine, and I loved Paul and I loved everything about it. And would I go back today? Yes, 100%. Even, I would say, through freaking... 320 organic chemistry <laughs> too with you again. God, you know, that was terrible. <laughs> so bad. Literally, like, I would have a new perspective and like understand how to be like a little more successful while there too. And I graduated with honors. I didn't do like poorly, but I think right. I would have been able to set myself up more appropriately to get into med school and not have to go through some type of program like this. Sure. Ugh, you just had a lot up against you, I feel. It's just not fair. It's Life not. never is. <laughs> no, it's true. It's so true. So then what happened next after the interview? So after the interview, I, like, came back to campus and, like, told a few of my, like, really close friends, like, just to kind of process it. And everyone was like, that's, like, really fucked up. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. It was, like, a really bad situation, but I feel like I did really well. Like, the program's cool. All the students that I met were awesome. The people who would have been in my cohort were so amazing, too. And then a few weeks later, I got a, an acceptance letter from them. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you tried to get me not to go through with this program, but I rocked it, even though you tried to throw me off my game, and I got in, so... Hell yeah, you did. So what's up with that? So we had just actually hired a um, pre-med advisor at DePaul, and I scheduled a meeting with her, and I was... And I just kind of, like, went through what happened. It was, like, her second week, like, on the job, and she's like, oh my god, I don't even know, know how to handle this. And I was like me either it's like I don't know what to do I was like this program would really help me like with my application and like 
it's a direct enrollment essentially into either some other PhD or master's program or med school or whatever, like I would have wanted, um, at that point. And I was like, but it's also like really messed up. Like, do I want to go to a program that students who qualify for it, like are encouraged not to be in the program because other people may have had it worse than them, even though they qualify based on like their own experiences too. It just like left a really, really like poor taste in my mouth. Um, and I just wanted to talk to someone, like I said, I'm a first generation college student. I can talk, I talked to my mom about it, but she didn't know what to like tell me. Right. Like, she didn't have much advice she could give me. She's like, well, if it's going to help you get into med school, then go for it. Right. Um, but it just didn't feel right. So I talked to this pre-med advisor. Her name is also Colleen. She's a doctor as well. So Dr. Colleen. Um, And she essentially was like, I don't know what to do. This is my second week here. Like, I have no clue how to help you, like really help you. So we went and we talked to um, the dean of like the career and experiential learning. Um, And if anyone from DePaul is listening, that was Raj. And if you know Raj, you like, can only imagine our conversation that went from there he literally lost his mind he was like this is ridiculous so he started calling like his friends that he knew who were in like leadership throughout the like IU institution and was essentially like we need to like figure this out and he was like you have one of two choices Chelsea you either say a huge fuck you and don't <laughs> apply to it or it's like or you go to the program and then you still say a huge fuck you and you do really well <laughs> so I was just like so torn but like Raj made me feel like so much better just felt like someone was like in my corner and like wanted to fight for me after feeling like someone was like intentionally not trying to help me be successful so Huge kudos to Raj for a couple of reasons, which I'll get to next, but actually decided not to go with the program. So that was my, that was my fuck you. <laughs> That's right. Big old yep. fuck you. Double min- sure. middle fingers. Middle toes. Both too. in the air. Both of yes. them. So that was really hard though. It was so I'm hard sure. to tell them no, because I felt like that was my like guarantee. Right into what had been my dream since I was like I don't know like eight right so it was really really tough to to kind of do that but I just didn't feel like I could go into a program and like support a program that I felt like was not didn't have the best interests of all students in mind and I didn't want to give my money to them because at the end of the day I would be doing I'd be helping fund that experience and I just couldn't couldn't do it yeah don't want to fund those fuckers no not one bit so how did you kind of recover from that whole situation so I decided I was taking a gap year um but I didn't know like what I was going to do at that point. I was just like, yeah. yes, I'm going to take a gap year and I'm going to study for the MCAT again. I'm going to retest in this new format. It's all going to go well. Um, everything's going to be like fine. Uh, 
which it all ended up fine, just a little different outcome than I had thought. So for that gap year, I had two options. One was to stay in my hometown and work through like mid fall for this crop dusting company. I know super like hick. Um, Colleen, you remember that I've been had been working there since like a freshman in college. Yes, so. and they're essential. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was. I loved that job. Um, we brought in like millions of dollars. That's awesome. In ag industry in the summer over a few months. Like it was really cool. I had like a lot of really great responsibilities, like use Excel, like help us get processes set up. Like it was awesome. And I made like really good money too, because I had a lot of responsibility. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can, I can stay here and I can help them through like the cover crop season. And then I'd have like some dedicated time to study and then I could work with them again in the spring when they kind of start planting and start doing some initial spraying, that sort of thing. So I was thinking about like living at home with my mom and having like a six month gap, like in between employment. And in that time I would like study for med school, sure. um, MCAT and reapply. So that like seemed like a really good plan, but as I mentioned, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and I did not want to live back in my hometown because I had very different beliefs and experiences than a lot of other people who are still there. And that was kind of like kind of an ego thing on my end, like not to be like, yeah, it's fine. Like I can do this. It's temporary, but I just it just didn't feel like where I wanted to be. I felt like kind of sure. embarrassed to be like moving back in with my mom and doing all that kind of stuff, you know? Sure. Um, so then I was looking for job opportunities and good old Raj um, <laughs> had a program assistant position open at DePaul in the career services office and I applied to it and I don't know if my application got like a little bit of help but I ended up getting that offer too so then I had yeah you offers. did um and I went with like who doesn't want to stay at DePaul like another year right <laughs> yes like I was making like no money in this role like I was making enough money to like pay for my expenses and then like bring in just like a little bit extra to like put into savings um which is like totally fine right I'm like yeah I can do like six months less of work working in this ag place and make the same amount but I have to live at home right or we can like go do my own thing and live on my own and still like have all of my independence and everything and I can yeah. help students and I get to stay at the place that like I love so much for another year absolutely so that option <laughs> yeah it was so fun to visit you in Greencastle too uh yeah and I got a sweet apartment above Starbucks so cute um, also probably didn't help my like budget at all let's be real <laughs> but I did get like a DePaul staff and employee discount so that oh, helped yeah. that my justification and I still like use that that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> right it's 10% but 30 cents over lots of coffees adds up <laughs> it really does that's so funny I love it and so throughout that year were you still pretty focused on the end goal of being med school yeah, I was. So working in the career office, um, I actually was 
the person like who helped me through that really hard time, Dr. Colleen, she became like my coworker and my friend. And I still like had her advice and she was helping me. She was like looking over my personal statement and just kind of like helping me get my application um, materials in order. And I was continuing to study for the MCAT at this point. And I like got done with most of my program planning, um, like in the first month of working at DeVal. Wow. Um, I had to plan like a whole semester or a whole year of student programming. And I kind of had like the general outline and idea done. I just needed to secure my speakers. So I started getting like a few like data projects and started helping like more members on the staff with some other things. Um, That way we could kind of figure out like who from our class would want to come back and possibly share their experiences. So my programs were focused on like how to be successful like as a new graduate and what should you be doing like your senior year in order to help you get to that point. Um, Which like, I was just figuring it out. So I was like, who can also help me figure this out? (laughs) um, But I had like an idea of things that I thought would have been like helpful to know. Um, So I like outlined my programming super fast and took on some additional responsibilities still while focused on going to med school. And then Raj, good old Raj. Um, <laughs> I feel like he's my fairy godmother or something. <laughs> I feel like he would like love me and hate me for saying that actually because <laughs> it's Raj. Right. <laughs> but he actually um, approached me about a like database management opportunity because one day I overheard Raj complaining that he couldn't get the information out of the system that he needed. And I was like, I feel like I'm kind of comfortable. Like, let me go in and see what I can figure out. So that night I took my computer and I walked down to Starbucks, just like I was a student and started working (laughs) on this like project. Um, And I figured, I figured out the report for him. So then I had it like formatted and, because of Vanessa's um, bio classes, I had some really good charts and data. Hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I still actually use those in my professional life. That's awesome. Um, I yeah. know that. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I know how to make some really good, like, Excel charts. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew that, but I didn't know that, like, yeah. you took it from that class specifically. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She, she taught us, like, how to make super clean clean charts that were easy to read so I still I still use most of her formatting which is just funny to like think about right that's awesome Um, I feel like I don't remember any of that but I'm glad that you do (laughs) if you need it I don't know that you will but but I got you Um, so Raj um I presented that like information to Raj the next day and he's like you did this in just a few hours and I was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God, you're an angel. And he just, like, walks out of my office. And I'm like, okay. Like, I don't really know what that means, but you're welcome. Right. What do you do with that? (laughs) Right. Like, okay, I'm going to just go back to what I'm doing. Um, And then, like, two days later, Raj storms into my office, and he shuts the door. And I'm like, oh, God, what's (laughs) happening? And he's like, 
I have a proposition for you. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, how would you like it if I could double your salary? Because remember, I told you I was like making nothing at all for this opportunity. Um, He's like, what would you say if I could double your salary and I could let you build me a bunch of reports and help me with data? And I was like, doubling the salary sounds pretty good. I don't know about the rest of it, but I figured (laughs) it out. So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that'll be fine. (laughs) So I ended up like getting moved into this opportunity, um, which was like really cool. I, I really loved like the opportunity to look at a data set again, biology major, science focused, like liked getting in, looking at data, figuring out a trend and then doing something with it, like using lead me to some type of conclusion or action item or what have you. So that's where I kind of fell in love with um, data analysis and database management because I was like building all kinds of stuff in the system. I've never heard of simplicity before, but I was like running that stuff. I was making custom fields. It was awesome. And I don't know how I like do any of it because I'm like not necessarily like technologically savvy but I could like work the database yeah girl I have been smiling the whole like second half of this interview and you can't see it (laughs) and it's weird (laughs) and I'm sorry (laughs) but just like I don't know just everything that you did after that horrible situation and being like fuck you dudes just uh, you just help so many people and you just uh, you just did so many good things and you kind of found your niche. So, you know, after that, kind of where has that led you still using yeah. data today? Mm-hmm. So at first I was like, oh, this is like kind of cool. I'm still going to go to med school. And then I was like, oh, but I kind of really like this job. So like, let me invest a little more time into it. And before I knew it, I was like, not studying anymore and like not working on my application. Um, but I always had that like idea in the back of my mind still, because it's what I had wanted or thought I had wanted for such a long time. Um, but then I decided to, so my program assistant job was only a one year position. And at the end of that one year, Raj again comes storming into my office (laughs) and it's like, Hey, I really like you being in this role, but I think you need to move on from DePaul. Like, I think you need something bigger and more challenging and you need to take that next step. And I was like, but I'm doing really well and I like, like it here. And he's like, but I think I have an opportunity for you. So he connected me with someone at the Goodwill Foundation and, um, that's when I got my first experience with like fundraising data, um, I had a really great team there and like a really not great team in some of the same like capacity. I learned a lot at that job. Um, I learned how to work with some very different personalities than mine. And I was there for a couple years and I think it just like let me kind of learn how philanthropy can like really make an impact. Um, and how like the nonprofit community is like so important for actually like creating like the success of our city and community and like economy as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I like loved, 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 loved my job at Goodwill. Um, 
like sometimes there were some people that I like didn't necessarily love the most. Um, <laughs> and that's like me looking back and like saying it much nicer than I would have like if you knew me during that time. <laughs> um, I was not, I was not happy. I loved the work that I was doing, but mm-hmm. I just really like, it wasn't doing everything for me. So I started like toying with the idea again of like, do I go back to med school? Like, like, what am I doing with my life? Um, but I really, I really loved like using data and helping drive strategy and create programs. But in that role, I also did some office admin stuff, which again, I'm really good at. I mentioned that I ran that like ag business, essentially. I was like the office manager. Um, and I was like really good at those things too. So I found myself like getting trapped doing more of that work instead of the work that like really, really made me happy and made my heart sing. So a few years in, I decided to, Raj did not come into my office this time and kick me (laughs) out, but it was like kind of the same thing. I could hear him like, okay, Chelsea, it's time for the next thing. Like you've outgrown this. Um, so I accepted a job at Little Red Door Cancer Agency. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, I currently, am managing our Salesforce system. And I know I knew nothing about Salesforce coming into the role. I've just always been a person who like, throw me in there and I'll figure it out, whether yeah. it's a database I know or not. Like I'm curious. I understand like how information should be structured and organized. So I like kind of found my way even without ever having like any formal like database training or anything like that. So um I joined Little Red Door in twenty in May of twenty eighteen, so I'm coming up on my three year anniversary. Woo woo! Um, yeah, and we just do such incredible work. Um, earlier, I mentioned that I lost my dad to cancer, yeah. so that was part of like my motivation for wanting to go to Little Red Door. It felt like I I could give back to people who may be like me or may have similar experiences experiences as me. Um, and it was a cool job. Like I still got to interact with that fundraising data and help figure out how we can raise more money to like help more people. But I also got to dip my toes a little bit into that client data, which was really similar to my job at DePaul working with like student data. So I felt like I kind of found like the merge of like my passion, which was healthcare and healthcare access, Mm -hmm. which is why I always wanted to go to med school is because I think access to healthcare is a fundamental right. And I just wanted to provide that. Right. Right. Um, And didn't work out how I had thought, but I'm also like really glad it didn't. I can come back and touch on that in a second. But I had this like, I have this perfect job where I get to help people that like really need it. A lot of our clients don't have family that can take them to treatments, Um, they don't have money to spend on nutritional supplements. A lot of the women don't have money to get a wig. And even if they do have money, like a lot of our clients are also like very like 
lower middle class, like working people too. It's not just those who are below federal poverty level because cancer does not discriminate on your socioeconomic status, your race, your gender, like none of that. You can get it at any time, no matter kind of what your experiences are. Um, So we also help like teachers because cancer is expensive. Most people lose their jobs. Like it just really like disrupts someone's like life and our mission is to make the most of life and least of cancer so every day I go into work and I'm like okay how can we help people make the most of life oh Chelsea you're making me cry it's pretty damn cool to be a part of that um it's pretty cool that's incredible and I work with some really great people yeah I can't complain too much (laughs) it's like guys like I told you how to enter that information can you please just do it right so I quit having to clean your stuff up but (laughs) most of the time they do a really good job oh that's amazing oh sorry you keep going I don't know what else to say. (laughs) (laughs) So as I'm wiping the tears away, I think it's safe to say that you definitely made sunshine out of total dog shit. Um, Or maybe cow shit. Cow shit's smellier. But, um... (laughs) It's, like, more, like, hometown for me. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) That's so funny. So, you know, you're still applying your incredible gifts and talents and using them to help people and help some of the most at-risk people. And I'm just so proud to be your friend. And I'm just so glad that you were willing and able to share your just amazing story, you know, about your journey to where you are today. And, you know, I'm sure you would have made an incredible doctor too, but you know, you're just incredible as you are, no matter what role you're going to be in. So it's just one of those things, you know, life gives you weird, weird twists and turns. For sure. And then I also like look at my friends who are like in residency right now. And I'm like really glad that that's not me. So I think you worked out how it was supposed to, (laughs) for sure. That's my I'm I'm living my life. I'm making moves. Right. You're still chugging through those programs, which more power to them because we need, we need more good doctors. Absolutely. Ugh. So kind of wrapping things up, sort of, I don't want to stop talking to you ever, but if you had to give any advice, because unfortunately I'm sure that that asshole is still out there trying to discourage students from entering program and there are other assholes similar to him. What advice would you give to someone that is, you know, thrust into a situation like you were? I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. Um, You don't always know that reason. And I feel like just recently I kind of figured out like what my reason was because this is like the career that I should have and that I'm really good at. And it's going to be more fulfilling for me probably throughout my life than being a medical provider would have been. So I think just like trust in the process and just like follow your heart. Like I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't give that program my money. Yeah. So I'm so glad you didn't. 
I don't know. It's just trust that things will happen and never say like no to an opportunity. Like I think back and if I wouldn't have spoken up to Raj about possibly being able to figure out that report, he would have never known my ability to get him that information and analyze it and help him draw conclusions. And if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have gotten my job managing the database instead of doing student programming. And then from there, like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am today. If I would have stayed in that program assistant role, I probably would have ended up in med school and maybe I would be really happy, but also maybe I wouldn't. So I don't know, just kind of trust in the process and know that everything happens for a reason. And I mean, it's easier said than done in hindsight, but you just got to go with it. I love it. I love it so much. You are so eloquent and it seems like like you've done this before. <laughs> like I feel like I just ramble. Not at all. Are you serious? You're the best speaker. You're just so calm and cool, collected. I, yeah, you're amazing. Like, I don't know. There must be somebody else interviewing you or like you're practicing or I don't know, something. <laughs> well, I, spoiler alert. I do start a new job in May. (laughs) So she has had some interviews. (laughs) Yes, I have had practice lately. I really have. And I've practiced like talking about my job and my experiences. So that might might help a little bit. And it's been all through like Zoom because we still like can't see people. So except you were smart enough to figure out how to turn on your video. So (laughs) I'm sure that that helps. I mean... (laughs) You went to vet school for a reason, Colleen. (laughs) We don't really have to deal with computers too, too much. Right. You didn't end up working in technology. Nope. No. Animals might be more your thing. Any, we have a wonderful IT guy. Shout out to Tim. He actually, poor guy, is fighting some cancer right now, but he is amazing. He helps every time that I accidentally delete our software from the computer. (laughs) So... (laughs) Oh, poor guy. I know. Okay. Oh, poor guy that he has to deal with this. But also, no, he's going to beat it. He's awesome. So it'll be great. But any shway. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the pod and talk about, you know, your sunshine today. And you're looking sunny. You're glowing. What's your skincare secret? <laughs> well nothing because I don't hardly ever put on makeup because I never go anywhere so that's really helped (laughs) nice I feel like it honestly has like everyone looks like their skin is clean and clear it's awesome right it's like you're not putting junk on your face so yeah that probably lets it breathe and you don't absorb some nasty chemicals that's a whole nother conversation though oh yeah for sure for sure but again, thank you so much. I have just enjoyed seeing your beautiful, beautiful face again. And I'll hopefully see it soon. But do you have any other remarks or anything that else that you wanted to add today? I don't think so. I just think you're super awesome. So Aww. thank you for asking me to do this. Of it's course. definitely like... I have not started a podcast for a reason. <laughs> so it's kind of like fun. Oh no, it's been really fun today to just kind of share my experience and hopefully it helps help someone else figure something out. I think it definitely we're all, will. We're all just doing the best we can. Exactly. 
and I'm gonna have so much fun looking through all of our photos from college and posting the oh best ones on Instagram. So yes. Also, I like came across one recently from when I visited you in Grenada because that <laughs> happened like forever ago, but in March. Right. So all those like flashbacks came up, and I was like, "What I wouldn't give to." Also, like, be pretty carefree again. Right? <laughs> and, like, oh, that was just the thing. best and day. Not yeah. Not well, have responsibility and a job to go to every day. So, know, right? that was like the best yeah. week ever. And I cut class a lot and we had so much fun. And awesome. St. Patrick's Day, yeah, I will never forget it. It was amazing. <laughs> it really was. It was super fun. Austin actually recently asked me, um, what my favorite food was and I was like or my favorite place to eat and he's like well I know we're not in Grenada so it's not Umbrella so it's not that tuna burger and I was like what I wouldn't give to go back there and get that so so good I know I think we need a reunion trip sometime we probably do I think so we'll plan it we'll plan it well thank you again Miss Chelsea it was wonderful doing this with you I'm gonna stop recording but I'm not gonna stop talking to you All right, bye. Bye. So go against the grain and have a shit-free day.